Hi, I'm K.S. Garner, and you're listening to the Solo Nerdbird Podcast. Today, I'll be speaking with the creator and illustrator of the comic Deadbeats and Miscreants, Volume 1, Rich Kwasicki. Welcome, Rich. Thanks for having me, Kayla. Oh, yeah. Thank you for joining us. But outside of my introduction, who is Rich Wasicki and what are you about? Uh, well, I'm a, uh, I started as a filmmaker. Uh, it's in my 20s with a bunch of friends. We did a bunch of um, like short films for competition or web series and things like that. We had some moderate success with it, but it just kind of, after a while, the group split up, you know, like everyone does and everyone went to their separate directions. And I just continued to uh, illustrating which was something I, I did all through my childhood like I did cartooning when I was little uh studied fine arts as like that was like instead of sports or anything I went to this after school uh program that taught you painting and sculpting and uh like charcoal drawing and life drawing and then it just continued like I grew up reading um a million comic books so I started drawing like fan art and things and it was always kind of just like my special little project and then maybe like 10 years ago i started just doing it randomly out in public and um for some uh day jobs i was working for like just doing advertising or uh or um just kind of trying to squeeze my my way into that you know like kind of making myself known as someone who can draw just so i could possibly get jobs doing it uh-huh. and and then um, a few more, a few years ago, I just started taking it a lot more serious, and uh, that kind of took over. Like I was just doing freelance illustrations, and it was less and less film work. I mean, all the different job markets and that kind of decided a lot of those things for me. But um, yeah, it's just been it's been great. Like I've gotten to build all this. I feel like I'm not talking about myself at all. <laughs> I'm just talking about like what I do. <laughs> I feel like that's also become like this. It's like. Uh, illustration was always like my personal little thing mm-hmm. and now it's like I find sometimes like doing it for a living it's hard to separate what is me versus what is work yeah um yeah so I get I get that a lot so apologies if I'm ranting in that direction <laughs> no, no, no that's fine and as you as you're talking about it uh, I had a similar upbringing or I guess learning about uh the visual arts and things like sculpting and painting uh mm-hmm. We had the uh, PAL Center that we have. It's like police academy, something. It's just something that I guess the police or whatever created for um, for us to have after school. Instead of like going to daycare or after school uh, care, we went to there instead. It's like in the neighborhood. And I mean, I played the sports and whatever programs that they had there, but they also started introducing um, like chess and like computer stuff like computer programming stuff and um sculpting which got me into doing that like I learned how to do that stuff before high school before even college so I kind of was like a little bit ahead of the curve and it's crazy how a passion eventually becomes a career path like it's something that you dabble into and you even dream of wanting to do it as a career but you don't know how to get there in a way so you kind of just dipping in and out of it throughout life like you said like for you know 10 years later you kind of sort of finally took it seriously because you I feel like now I, I I don't know why it takes takes so long a lot of the times but it takes so long to finally get the hang of something and finally feel more confident 
in your work and that's what it sounds like it sounds like you started becoming more and more confident in your illustration as you veered away from the filmmaking so that's just oh, something yeah. i identify with as well with you no yeah it's like it's I feel like the the projection of success out there is just like oh you just immediately get it right oh you're done with you're done with college or whatever then you're you're the best you're ever gonna be and if you don't make it by the time you're like 27 then you failed you know and mm -hmm. everyone has their own pace it took I mean it took me a long time to learn all these things but it's like yeah you can't just hold yourself it's whatever standard works for you you know it's where you you're gonna be where you need to be to get what you need done and no matter how long that takes like you'll you'll get to that point, you know, it's um, like, it's, I feel like only in the last two years, I've kind of accepted myself as like, oh, no, I'm actually good at this. You know, it's like, I've been doing it for years, but I'm like, my worst critic, you know, uh -huh. it's like, everything could be better, or it doesn't look as good as this person's stuff, you know, or that person's stuff. It's like, I was obsessed with Marcos Martin for a while. And I was just like, why does my stuff not look like his? It's like, because that's the way he draws. And he draws like, this, you know, he's got this amazing style and this amazing way of uh, showing motion. It's like, I don't, I shouldn't be projecting myself to be him. I should just be like my own version of that. Like, what, what is it that I'm good? How can I, can I lean on my strengths and get confidence from that? And it takes like, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of that, I think, in Deadbeats, because just like, like, these characters have like aged. They're not like the typical age for this kind of story. So I feel like there's a lot of humor and relation to that where it's like they're all past this certain prime, but now it's like just this little dead zone of uh, like they should probably be more successful in their lives or some people should think that they should be somewhere else or like just, um, you know, like having retirement or any of that or just the regular things that come with like adulting. And, uh, you know, just because they're not there, it doesn't mean they're not still in a good place or that they're not intelligent people or that maybe like this is just what helped them get to where they need to go. You know, it's, uh, yeah, it, it's just, um, it, it's about, a, you know, just aging into being like kind of your best self, I guess, or like just learning how to become more mature or learning how to, yeah, be comfortable with yourself. Yeah, well, you mentioned Deadbeats. What is Deadbeats and Miscreants Volume 1 about? Uh, it's about a bunch of comic store clerks. There's a lot of like, I've, I've had a lot of day jobs and a lot of like random retail work. So it's weird little stories like that where I'm kind of just completely exaggerating tales from life, but putting just like a big comedic and fantasy spin on like big influences for me were scott pilgrim obviously because there's a lot of like the kind of you know romantic young love thing but this is between people who are in their 30s and not their 20s anymore you know so there's a completely different views uh view on it um it's just more jaded and it's more like these people are a little more beaten down and how do they like so it's taking the piss out of a lot of these scenarios and um so you have that person uh kelly who is um, kind of doing like the boy named Sue approach there where it's just like, you know, he just kind of runs with that. And um, he's just this grumpy, like aimless thing, uh, finds a, an object, a magical object that gives him just almost like, like Green Lantern-esque powers. You know, he can just construct things from nothing. And uh, the problem is, you know, you're stuck with all that stuff. It's not like 
a lantern construct it disappears it's like whatever you create is there it's yours it's now like is it a problem is it like um is it like an aid or something you can constantly use you know so then he it has to become something about like there's a responsibility element to it but mm -hmm. also there's people coming in to they take that like to seek that from them it's these like kind of more uh you know cool kids or like entitled characters that uh really um just want power and they want to be on top at all times and he's got to have to kind of bump up against these guys <laughs> that was <laughs> um it kind of sounds like i guess in the maybe in the form of of collectors you know because they're, they're clerks so they come, they come as clerks so people come in as a, maybe as under the guise of a collector you know absolutely yeah okay. it's it's like um it's almost like in the in the first issue it's essentially that like you have um there's a scenario where one customer comes in looking for a comic um they don't have it and then he comes in immediately after that like i need this item it's like this thing that i've heard about that should be like everything or all the clues pointed me here so i know it's here give it to me and kelly's just like i have no idea what you're talking about and then by chance he ends up finding it and then now it's like this kind of like that's the it's become the MacGuffin of the story where everyone's looking for this thing and you know how do you hold on to it how do you use it um you know is it a thread is it a plus uh, and how does it change everyone's life involved in it? Okay, cool. Uh, well, can you elaborate on your creative process for Deadbeats and Miscreants from just a thought in your head to now promoting it on Kickstarter? Yeah, sure. Um, it was uh, back when I was really trying to see if I could make comics, I would just start character designing. Um, I would just think of a scenario, like I think, at some point this started off as like a future sci-fi thing but it was just more of like the love story elements or a little bit of the fantasy elements and then the more characters i developed i just started okay they're more like the more modern they kind of look like me and my friends and let's so let's take it out of the future let's put it in modern new york you know it's not exactly reality but it's just this hyper kind of Looney Tunes, like Douglas Adams, kind of like just off kilter perspective. Mm. And um, then um, the more I drew them, the more I was like, all right, what, what are these personalities like? What, what are these, what music do these people listen to? What, what is their general attitude like towards um, confrontation or each other? And soon it just kind of built into, like the story started building itself and coming together and just little pieces and scenes is all I'd write just making notes in my phone and eventually just threading them together and then a few years ago I, I just sat down and said hey I got this writing software let me just let me see if I can make it into a real book like does it have a structure that I could make into say like a limited run series or does it work you know on a 20 page to 20 page story way and then also can threaded into like a collected volume and it all still makes sense it's not just random ideas thrown into like a pot and then you know whatever comes from it but um uh so i sat down wrote it and just flat out wrote two issues and was feeling really good about it and then you know 
life gets in the way and you focus on other things. And I just sat with that, those two scripts, like trimming them down, uh, writing them all over it, like all over again, just really kind of putting myself through the process of getting it as tight as I could. And um, then, uh, what was it? Oh God, it's like a year and a half ago now. Um, I'm sitting at Anyone Comics, which is only is up the street for me in Crown Heights. And the uh, guy who runs the place, Demetrius, I'm telling him this story. And he's like, you've been talking about this for months now. Like you have a script, you're an illustrator. You should actually draw this. You're like the most backwards illustrator I've ever met. They always like draw things first and then write like, you know, write the connective tissue. He's like, just, just sit down and do it. You're just like, you know, procrastinating. And essentially I was. So I just, you know, the uh, pandemic was coming around. Um, I had my job had basically been wiped off the earth and I decided, all right, well, now's the time. You know, if I'm going to do it and it's going to happen, then like I was just afforded, you know, uh, this amount of time that because of the the stimuluses and everything, it's like, okay, I can use that and I can coast through this and act like that's my paycheck. You know, I'm paying, like much I pay it back, but obviously, but I'll, I'll just account like that. And if I can get this done in X amount of time, then boom, I got a book and then I can roll with the series. And then I just did it. I uh, sat down with my iPad. I, I draw the whole book in Procreate. Um. And just like went to town. I just started building folders, um, boarding everything out. Um, you know, like everything starts out so rudimentary. It's just however basic the boxes can be that still show the actions for each panel. And then as soon as everything lines up and the page looks like it's, you know, at least pleasant to look at and not just a sloppy mess and it flows right, um, then just keep going over. So I would. Uh, lay out the entire book and then start laying it like uh, getting more detailed and by the third pass it's like adding gray tones then I'm adding the uh, all the onomatopoeias and word balloons and then like I kind of put myself in this like after work regime where you know it's just like you have four hours a day to sit down and do this book and then just get it done as fast as you can with like learning you know, it's like every comic is different. So you just, you learn the shortcuts that work for that book and try and spend your time accurately, but also, you know, make sure it's, there's a quality book there that I'm not just cutting too many corners. And um, like, so I, I can be a perfectionist and that's, it's that battle of, I'm sure like every creative knows this where it's like you, you're, you have to really measure your time versus what you can afford to put into something, you know, mm -hmm. because it's just, you know, it's rough. It's rough having to kind of create your own job and then sell it, but also make a living at the same time. Yeah. I mean, so what did you find easier? I mean, easier wouldn't be the right word, but what did, I guess from illustrating it after the fact and writing it beforehand, I'm, I mean, obviously there's going to be something where you have to change certain things for it to, mat to match up well, but what did, which aspect did you find easier? Did you find uh drafting the script easier and you know then you did the illustrating or did you did you think oh man i should have did the illustration first before i scripted out yeah i, I definitely I'll, I'll always lean on illustration like it's a um i mean I, I draw every day it was my hobby for the longest time like anytime i'm on a train 
I have the sketch pad out. Anytime I'm like just sitting around for two seconds, I'm drawing something. It's just like, it's like a nervous habit. So if I'm feeling like I need to be productive, the easiest thing for me to do is just pull out my iPad and just sit there and, and work. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I, I mean, that's what I love about that so much is because having worked as an editor and also graphic designer before, I hated being tethered to a computer because it felt like every day was just me sitting inside and I'm, you know, I pretty much grew up as an inside kid, but I've grown to respect sunlight and enjoy it. So like sitting like by a window, looking at a nice sunny day, I'm just like, shit, I should get out there. You know, like I shouldn't be like, there's gotta be some way to untether myself. And um, yeah, like the, uh, just the way that the Apple Pencil, how sensitive that's become, how uh, advanced Procreate's become, it just makes it so much easier to never really be hunkered down to a computer like i can just go out and sit in the park if i wanted to or uh at a coffee spot um and work so it's it's really that is definitely the easiest for me and sometimes when i need to work on like story things or uh even do some writing or promoting i will i catch myself stalling with illustration like i will just be like oh no but i need to do this like sticker design or this page needs some more grades and i will waste like it's it's still being productive. But it's like you almost kind of you're switching the wrong priorities. You know, it's just like this is I'll do this one because I it it makes me the most joyous and it brings me the most pleasure. And um, yeah, then the other stuff that'll get done later. I don't have to worry about that right now. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's nice to hear your process because I have a similar process with my writing. It's uh, I never heard of someone say it's like a a nervous thing that you do because. I, I never thought of it that way because I actually do the same thing. When I'm somewhere I kind of don't want to be, I start writing. And that's like, I can't write at home. I'll write if I'm at like at a party and I want to go home, but I, I didn't I didn't drive. So I have to wait for my driver to be ready. Or if I'm at work and I'm sitting at my desk and I don't want to be working and I don't have any, or I don't have anything to do, I'll start writing on some sticky notes. That's how I started drafting my first my first novel is writing on sticky notes or on my phone in my notes. And a lot of people are like, oh, you you drafting your notes? I'm like, yeah, that's just the easiest thing I had right there in front of me. I remember I was at a football game at a Ravens game and I had my iPad and I was writing because I didn't want to be there anymore. I was the, it was like <laughs> halftime and I didn't want to be at the game anymore. I was like, they're losing. I, I don't want to be here anymore. But I didn't yeah. drive, so I had to wait and I'm just right. writing on my iPad looking crazy. So <laughs> yeah, I, I write like that too. and. My, my characters kind of just tell me who they are in a way, like you said, like what kind of music do they listen to or how do they deal with confrontation? How do they interact with each other? And that just kind of tells you who they are as people. You may not have an idea of what they look like as of yet or anything like that, but who they are as people, they kind of tell you from the music they listen to or, you know, um, how they travel to work that day do they walk do they take public transit do they have a car do they bicycle that kind of tells you who they are physically as well and what they can handle what they can't handle so it's nice to hear that we have similar uh creative processes because i feel like when i tell people how i do my stuff they kind of look at me like i'm strange it's like this this is how i work so it's nice to hear from someone else finally from someone else No, it's like, yeah, I know, I've never heard anyone say that with writing. It's just like, so that that is like, same. It's very comforting. Just be like, oh yeah, you just got to, it has to come out. Like it just has to like, in any form that it can. You know, I, I, I draw on sticky notes all the time. You know, it's just like, I just, 
like now I make sure I take a picture of them. So what I do is I just throw the sticky note away. So it's not something I have to worry about and like organize later. I'm just like, nope, I got it on here. I can put that somewhere or, or even just like send it to my iPad and just draw right over it. Yeah. It's like exactly, so handy. That's exactly what I used to do. I used to take a picture. I just take a picture of it. Or um, if I, I try to write on the back of it or put two of them together. So I know yeah, yeah. it's supposed to go together when I finally write it, type it down on the computer. Right, right. Well, how, um, how has your experience been searching for collaborators and how did you find your letterer, Nick uh, Philpot? Like, how did you know he was right for this project? Well, Nick and I are old friends from Forbidden Planet. Uh, I worked there for about three and a half, almost four years. And um, with a whole bunch of people who are now working in comics, like to a degree where it's, it's pretty crazy. But um, uh, yeah, Nick was a friend I met there. We would hang out every once in a while. And um, one day we just met up. Like, I think it was, it was maybe even a year after I stopped working there. Um, we just said, hey, we haven't seen each other in a while. Uh, we sat down, like figured out, how, hey, how you doing? Um, how's life been? Are you still working at the planet? And he let slide that he was just like, oh yeah, I'm trying to become a letterer now. Like I know he was um, doing other things and he, had, he went to school for, I think, um, I'm not sure. I don't. Yeah, I don't want to get it wrong, but like more in, like t uh, to a kind of like medical or nursing degree, and uh, the, but like lettering was his passion. Coloring, um, he just he wanted to work in comics. You know, it's the whole reason that he was at, at the planet as well. So I just said, all right, like I'll just like kind of store that little nugget away for later. And uh, years went by. I worked with a few different collaborators on different projects like my first my first comic book was actually like right after as i was leaving the planet and um that guy was someone i met through another worker there uh matt klein he had hooked me up with this said this guy's looking for an illustrator i know you're looking for a writer and this uh it was like this old um it was like working on a serial you know like there's this little ragtag group of people in like around the 40s but it was like this um it's almost like uh batman the animated series how it looks like the 1930s but it's like present day in a way mm -hmm. uh this kind of like very retro project and it was fun it was a bunch of great characters to design but he was a nightmare to work with like nice guy but something about the way we collaborated was not working out and it was just like that job like just you know, I, I went from an illustrator to also being the editor to the letterer to the colorist. And I was not making like any more money for doing any of these jobs. Like there were scripts were not broken down by panels. I would have to just guess how everything was supposed to flow. And there was a lot of like multiple action per page. You know, it's like panel one, this guy looks in this direction, but we also see in this direction. It's like, ooh, you can't do that guy. Like, it's got to be one point of view. Otherwise, it's two different images. Uh, and that just like kind of crumbled apart. I'm still proud of a lot of things that came out of that book. But that was just like, that soured me on collaborating a little bit. And I met some other people who were fantastic to collaborate with. But, uh, you know, it's like, I just kind of, we made some great stuff. And I'm still, you know, knocking on wood for some that to come out right now. But uh you know, it's just like just saw more of behind the scenes while working with these other people. I'm like, how do 
how to sell, um, where you can sell, uh, or just all of the effort it takes to like some of the editors to wrangle um, all the talent. Because uh, one of the projects was uh, an anthology project, and just kind of hearing the behind the scenes mechanics of it that were outside of just the art department. And um, I just figured, you know what, I can, like, I've been writing uh, Deadbeats, which used to go have a different title for so long that I should just, I should just jump on this. Like, now I know, like, I can handle X amount of page counts per week from doing all of these different books. And I can really make a make a go at it. So um, as soon as I was, you know, just all my knowledge of like doing all of the work on that first book and then only doing the art and seeing like, okay, this is basically my strong point. I'm not a good, I'm not a good letterer. Um, I'm still, you know, I'm getting better as a colorist. It's, it's my one thing that I think I really still struggle with because I'm just too indecisive on it right now. But um, uh, I was like, okay, so I need someone to carry this, this weight for me because I'm just, it's going to take me forever to do it. And it's, it's not going to be like what I needed. And I asked Nick, I sat down, I, um, we sat down at a bar, just had a drink and talked it over. And he was like, yeah, I could do that. I'd love to do that. The second uh, we got home, I had like three different fonts that he sent me. You know, it's just like, he's already thinking way beyond where, where my brain was with it and where it can go to look way more official than I would have been able to make it. Um, like, I think you can see in some of the examples in the Lucy's, like me doing my own word bubbles, it's just, it's chaos. It's all over the place. And he gave it this like official uniformity. Um, uniformity? Yeah, I think so. Um, that's a word. Uh, that um, <laughs> I tend to like just mash words together and make my own and think it's English. But um, uh, yeah, like he just um, gave it a much cleaner, better professional look. And he's just a great guy. So it's just, it's great having him around. It's great hearing what he has to say about it. Like, I I love hearing critiques, like from anything I give to people. So he was like, oh, like, I like how this joke lands or like, oh, this one could be like, this could be more clear. And it's, that's the biggest thing I love about collaborations is just like knocking heads back and forth. And he's, he's a guy that will go the extra mile for that. Like, you know, he'll give you, uh, give you his thoughts if you ask for them. And he's got, you know, he's got good thoughts. He's got good brains on his head. <laughs> Well, with everything that you've learned so far, you know, um, from learning your own art style to, you know, collaborating with other people and knowing it didn't work out, but then you finding someone that it did work out and it's working out perfectly, um, to even learning your own creative process that works for you. Uh, what advice could you offer to other artists you wish someone would have told you when you first started? Um, well, definitely, you know, just to be, to be kind to yourself, you know, because, uh, my whole, like, I always wanted to be like, I, I you know, I, I pushed myself to be like other people for a very long time. And if I wasn't on that same caliber, then I was, I was upset with myself or I would just like, you know, part of the nervousness of constantly drawing is just thinking to myself this isn't good enough. It needs to be better. So I need to do it again and again until it's good. And then what I kind of lost was any sense of myself in the things I was doing. You know, it's just like, I wasn't, 
I was trying to be like so many different other people that I was like, there was no real, I had no style, you know, I had no personality or my dry drawings didn't my um work was very bland and if i had like just kind of spun around my storage like all right let me figure out what my strengths are and lean on those instead of trying to bend what makes me different into a certain category you know or into a certain style like just kind of um yeah, it's like you're, you're restructuring your brain and giving yourself so many more problems. And then also on top of that, not being nice about any step in the process, you know, just like um, being completely mean to yourself and it's not helping anything. You know, you're just stagnating because you're not, you're not where you want to be, but it's, it's probably not where you need to be. You know, it, it's, it took a while to realize that those were two different things, like that I needed to be nicer to myself and more accepting of what separated me from other people or what even was like what made me happy you know it took me a while to figure that out so definitely um if there yeah if there was some advice to give people it's be be kind to yourself because you know like most people probably aren't gonna you know it's a, it's a hard industry especially working in the arts because there's so many options there's so many people out there Sometimes it's really easy to not take yourself serious or to just like, yeah, just to be mean to yourself when things aren't going exactly the way you think they should be going. Because, you know, like it's the thing about life, life is chaos. It's not, nothing's going to go exactly as planned. You know, everything's going to change. Um, like you, if, even if you try to follow somebody on like the, oh, how did they get into the industry or how are they doing the thing they want to do? as soon as they do it, that door is closed behind them. There's no, you can't copy someone's path. You have to carve and make your own. Yeah, I think a lot of, um, I guess, being hard on yourself, being mean to yourself, being unkind to yourself, I think a lot of that has to do with um, not making any money, especially like if you come straight out of college, you have a degree and it takes a while before you can start actually making money pretty much in any field as soon as you get oh, yeah. to college, but especially as an artist, as a visual artist or whatever it may be. Um, so yeah, I think a lot of that has to do with it, you know, and if, if, if you're not making money, you're kind of considered like a failure, especially if like by yeah. 30 or, you know, we, we talked about it earlier in the, in the interview, but like, if you're not successful by 27, you've failed or whatever it may be. You know, yeah. or you're not you're not successful. So I think a lot of that has to do with the fact if you're like not making money, then is it really worth it? Or are is your art style, creative process, whatever it may be, is it as good as you think it is in a way? Yeah. And then again, we talked about it before that is finding your own path and pacing yourself and what works for you. And it takes a long time to kind of figure that out like I'm I'm 30 and I'm just figuring out now that what actually works for me and not what I was taught was supposed to work for me in oh, a yeah. way so that kind of goes into my last question and, and again we already kind of spoke about it um earlier in the interview but Rich what is your idea of success and I ask that because as creators Again, if we're not getting regular paychecks from a full-time job or making consistent revenue, we're considered failures. 
many of us will put our dreams and projects on the back burner or give them up altogether because this career can be, as you mentioned, highly competitive and highly intimidating. So what is your idea of quote unquote success? Um, you know, it used to be like when I was, when, when I graduated college and I was looking for a career in film, I was like, I want to be a director. I want to be like, you know, big blockbuster director guy. Like, you know, my idol was Steven Spielberg, you know, like just about everyone of my generation. Um, and then it was, you know, as reality came in, it was just like, you, you just, you learn things that you like and things that you don't like. And now it's at that point where, I think a lot of the things I thought I wanted, I would have, I would have hated, you know, I would have absolutely hated to be like, like, I don't want to be famous. I just want to be good at my job and uh, I want to make a living at it. So that, that to me is, that's where I want to be. I want to like, you know, I still got the film bug, like, but I've discovered maybe that's just like my hobby. Like I want to make a living illustrating and doing this. And, um, you know, it's why I'm doing the Kickstarter. It's why uh, I'm really trying to take this as seriously as I can and make it a, you know, real job that can pay for me to do it and do it uh, consistently and keep quality to it. But, you know, like, I don't want anyone waiting years between books, you know, because I started this as a single issue thing. And um, if it's like, like, I've taken some projects that have kicked back issue two significantly i mean it's been over a year since the first one and i feel that's the thing i feel the, the worst about which is like that was me kicking this passion project on the back burner so i could pay for you know paper rent like we all have to so i could um get my stuff out there more so hopefully i can pitch deadbeats and then it will like i'll have some notoriety behind me or something but you know some of those things uh they stall and or they take you know they're on their own different time time spans and i can't control that so if i can control this and make this like my, my like my reality like if i can make enough money with this book that is like that's my ideal right now or at least not even it doesn't have to be just this book it could be just illustrating uh in comics right now my focus is comics and uh the the big hope I have for one day that's like the big pipe dream for deadbeats is animation because I always saw it I studied animation in college and you know just thought it was the perfect mixture of the two things I love it's film and it's comics you know and especially if you get like uh you know I was obsessed with um when I first thought about this with that 26 episode anime format you know where it's just like all right you got bunch of crazy characters you have a limited time to tell a story with them and there's there's a closed gap like there is an end in sight and it's basically just like two seasons of as much quality as you can throw at this and tell your story and be gone and be done with it you know just like live free into the world i never wanted deadbeats to be a forever story i do see like if i if all my dreams came true tomorrow it would probably be like a 50 to 60 issue run and then we move on to the next project. You know, I just hope it has that kind of like, I mean, at least I have enough notes to make it that long. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I just see it as like, that is my ideal thing right now to, to really dedicate my time towards this book. And yeah, to just have it take myself seriously as I take the book seriously and just hope it finds its audience, hope it finds like people who, 
you know, can relate to it or see themselves in some of the characters or at least like familiarize themselves with some of the situations like, ah, I've been through that. I know what that guy's talking about or I know what that reference is. Um, yeah, and just to have fun with it, you know, because it is, uh, though I deal with a lot of different things, it, in, in the essence, it's a very fun and silly book. You know, it's like, there's, there's dumb, there's real dumb jokes in it. And hopefully there's real intelligent jokes in it. But um, yeah, I want it to be fun. You know, it's like, it's major influences are definitely from like, yeah, from comedy. Yeah, I, I can definitely see this going in the direction of animation. And I, I think you'll get back into filmmaking. It may not have anything to do with deadbeats. It may be something else, but like, like we've been talking about it, you know, pacing and, you know, taking things a lot more seriously. I, th I think a lot of it has to do with really not knowing how to do it and you may have the information on how to do it but you don't have the resources to do it or you yeah. may just need access to i think a lot of it has to do with ex um accessibility type issues and also obviously money you know that's the, yeah. the biggest thing you know if we had the money we wouldn't need to worry about accessibility because we would yeah. just pay for the access but yeah I, I, eventually i do think in time, you will get back into filmmaking. It may just end up starting out as animation at first, but it from how from what we've been talking about, it sounds like it is still something. I feel like it's bigger than a hobby to you. I think you're kind of. I think it sounds like you're kind of downplaying a little bit. It sounds more like you would love to get back into it, and I I I think you genuinely will. Some yeah. somewhere down the line. No, it's um my 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 best friend James and I. James was. Um, we've collaborated a bunch of, uh, he's a great cameraman and a DP. Uh, we, we wrote a, um, uh, or outlined a horror script. That's the first time any of us have ever, well, I think he's done some, he's worked on some horror projects before. The first horror script I ever wrote, but we, you know, it's like a, um, we're looking at like a 40 page short to like pitch something bigger and we're still keeping, you know, we're, 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 we're keeping our, uh, I'm about to butcher an analogy here. Uh, we're, we're keeping our hands in it. And, uh, you know, like, um, so I, I don't think it's anything that'll ever leave me, but I do think, like, sometimes, you know, I get into that space where you just try and juggle too much at once. Mm -hmm. And if, I, um, like, I have a screenplay that's like 85% written, but it's just like, all right, this is, that's a, that's a really big thing that I can't handle right now, even if I pitch to somebody. So let's maybe, slow down that one we'll focus on deadbeats we'll get deadbeats rolling and then like maybe that'll come back around again but no it's like you're right you know it's i definitely see it it's always going to be a part of my life i love film you mm -hmm. know one of my uh like one of my day jobs right now or one of my other gigs is working in a theater that i love so it's it gives you some good fodder for the series since it's also set in a retail uh mm -hmm. business but also you know, just, I love being around it. I love it being a part of my life to some degree. It's just, it's very, no matter what I do, it's as long as that is still a part of me, then I'm going to chase it down however I can. Yeah, that's cool. Um, well, is there anything that you wanted to touch on um, that I may have missed about Deadbeats and Miscreants Volume 1? Uh, maybe discuss rewards for potential backers? Oh, yeah, sure. I mean, like, I, I'm sure there's a million things that I just completely ranted on when there's a very short way of saying anything. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, it's just, uh, 
I always, I, I always see deadbeats as a, you know, it, it's a story about regular people, you know, and they're not aspiring to be like celebrities or the best of whatever. They're just trying to live their lives, you know, to the best of their abilities. And, uh, you know, it's like, um, like a very like, kind of middle-class struggle book. That's what I've wanted mm -hmm. to be. I think it's a lot about people who are in power taking advantage of people who at least feel that they have no power and you know how they, they can um rebel against that and like well, you know rebel against a lot of bureaucracy or just yeah people who have uh like i guess what, what is it the haves you know it's like the people who have everything and just want to take more and more and really you know in a kind of like bugs bunny way how can they get one up and on them how can these people of you know i'm gonna use quotes here a lower stature really like get get the the victory in that situation you know like what's like something satisfying that i don't see in reality but you know again silly very <laughs> very silly i mean it sounds sound like it's a deep drama but no it's like yeah it's 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 a very bugs bunny thing i'm trying to think of like uh you know, it's, yeah, it's like Bugs Bunny fucking with the opera singer, you know, you, you, they're, uh, he doesn't like kill the guy or anything like that. It's not hyper violent, but he does like just take a big shit in his cereal, you know, and that's like, that's the victory. That's the win. And um, yeah, but also just like, um, I definitely want to make sure that that kind of grown up fish out of water uh Part really really sinks in that um it's like the the, the longer i was writing I've been, I've been basically writing this for 10 years you know mm -hmm. and one degree or another and it almost got funnier the older my main character got because you know it's like a lot of these are uh you know it, it's just like some of these situations like you're too, you're too old for that you're too old to be drinking six beers every night passing out and, wait, and like missing your alarm in the morning for work it's like this is why you're in this situation you know or like you can't like <laughs> it's like yeah you can smoke weed you can't smoke weed all the time guy like you gotta chill the fuck out and it's just like uh but you know not making any of that like this traditional like oh like yeah but drinking is bad and weed is bad and and like dr or drugs are bad or it's bad to just be like a kind of goofball sometimes it's like that those are all okay you just have to be a whole person as well as that like you still have uh -huh. to balance a life you know you have to uh you have to live in you have to function in society in some kind of way you can't just like disappear and expect to like to still gain all the rewards or something but um yeah but it's also like kind of that them aging up allowed me to uh find what their goals are you know because they're at this point and they haven't they're not where they need to be all right what can what can they do what knowledge have they acquired that can really help them out or what lessons have they gone through that um have led them to this point where it's just like maybe this is like some for some of these characters there's going to be these breaking points where it's just um they it finally clicks in their brains that life has to change and i have to be the one to change it not someone else is going to come change it for me or you know, this like just by sheer luck or accident, um, I'll get the things I want. It's like, no, now it's time for me to make real decisions and just kind of, yeah, 
grab wife like by the uh, you know, <laughs> I can <think laughs> yeah that needs that needs another another writing pass <laughs> all right um well again i want to thank the creator and illustrator of the comic deadbeats and miscreants volume one rich wasiki i highly recommend our listeners to give the kickstarter a look share and back if they can all of Rich's socials and website will be listed alongside the Kickstarter link in this episode's details. Again, I am K.S. Garner, and you've been listening to the Solo Nerdboard Podcast. Thank you. Thank you.